0: Good morning, everybody. This one this one works. It's fresh battery, so maybe this thing won't die on us today. I hope everybody had a good week and a, a wet week. Uh, Doris said her mud puddles are drying up a while ago. She's getting concerned. I <laughs> uh, uh, think we're supposed to get more, so <laughs> brace yourselves for that one. Uh, we're going to be over in Second Chronicles chapter 27 this morning. Second Chronicles 27. We're actually... I have I've never preached on this before. I mean I preached this subject before because it's subject of faith, but I've never preached out of these verses. And it really didn't hit me uh till earlier this week about faith and just the kind of faith that we are to have as Christians. And we, we go into New Testament all the time. We look about we look at faith in the New Testament a lot. But if you go back in the Old Testament and you look at some of those prophets, you look at some of uh the men of God that were in the old testament, um, uh, they had faith, they had some great faith, but we're going to look at a short one here in just a second over chapter twenty seven about a king jo uh, Jotham is his name, King Jotham, and a faith that he had and he had he had some great faith, and there's not a lot written about him in here that we're going to be studying on, but it's a um it's the kind of faith that that we need to have, and we're going to look at how we can uh, change our ways of, of seeing God and try to see things more clearly than we, we have in the past and try to change the way that we um, we show our faith to others because faith um, faith has to be seen in a lot of th- in a lot of people. people have to, they have to see our faith. they got to see where we believe in God and how God can get us through it. They got to see it, they got to hear it too. they got to hear the testimony. Not that you're up walking around because God healed you, but they want to hear from you how God healed you and how you prayed to God to to do whatever he did in your life they want to hear it and they want to see it and then they'll start to feel it and so Jotham that we're going to read about here in just a moment was that kind of man he was that kind of person he had that kind of faith and he didn't want to be like old dad a lot of people want to be like their parents they want to be like their dad they want to be like their mom Jotham did not and we'll read more about that in a moment but he wanted to be himself he wanted to be somebody that honored god and showed his faith to others and so that others would come to faith in god as well now i'm going to read you a little excerpt out of a book i don't read but i did catch part of this in, as i studying. the book's called a long obedience in the same direction the writer said this he said it is not difficult in our world to get a person interested in the message of the gospel it is terribly hard to keep the interest though Millions of people in our culture make decisions for Christ, but there is a dreadful attrition, attrition rate. The, the rate's dropping. Many claim to have been born again, but the evidence for mature Christian discipleship is slim. In our, in our kind of culture, anything, even news about God, can be sold if it is packaged freshly. But when it loses its novelty, it goes straight to the garbage. There is a great market for religious experience in our world. There is a little there is little enthusiasm for the patient acquisition of virtue, little inclination to sign up for a long apprenticeship in what earlier Christians called holiness. Nobody if, if you ever had to do an internship or an apprenticeship, I remember doing that when I was in high school. I remember I was an apprentice and I was building houses. And, you know, a lot of times it don't pay what it would normally pay if you was a full-time employee but you are getting the experience. Apprenticeship is so that you can get the experience as you're trying to figure out what you want to do for a living. Uh, that's one of the, that's just part of it. It might not be the greatest thing in the world, but you're trying it out. And what he's saying right here in, in this little part, he's saying, um, let me read it one more time, there's a great market for religious experience in our world. There is little enthusiasm for patient acquisition of virtue, little enthusiasm inclination to sign up for a long apprenticeship and what earlier christians called holiness as an apprentice keith have you ever had an apprentice They're, they're they're gophers ain't they that's about what they are nobody wants to be a gopher for jesus anymore because that's what they think when you when you say apprentice they're a gopher they they're running errands for you they're getting things done in their mind they're being abused but what they can't see is the training that they're getting behind it. I talked about this last week with the fire department and the pump panels. That's how a lot of people look at it. As an apprentice, you're learning tools. You're learning how to figure things. You're learning, except the board stretcher. That don't work. When you send your apprentice for the board stretcher and they you know, spend 30 minutes looking for it, some of y'all, that doesn't exist, just so y'all know. So <laughs> as an apprentice, you you feel like you're just spinning your wheels. You're not getting anything done. Nobody wants to be an apprentice for Jesus anymore. But we're learning. That's what apprentices do. They learn. We're learning the Word of God. We're learning what He's done for us. We start with the cross, and we learn about the crucifixion. We learn about salvation. We learn about His love. We learn about that long-suffering. We learn about Jesus as an apprentice. But nobody wants to be an apprentice because we're an apprentice. The entire time we're alive here on earth, we're an apprentice because we're learning. If you can stand here this morning and tell me that you're done, done learning about Jesus, then I, I'll have to say you're wrong, because you'll never be able to figure that out. You'll never be able to learn everything about God that we need to know about him this side of heaven. I don't know that I'm going to figure it all out when I get there either, but we'll be a cl- closer. But nobody wants to, to, to beat that apprentice. Nobody wants to just continue to learn and learn about Jesus. Now, King Jotham lived a life of faith, a faith that it set him apart. That's what we have, that's our goal, is to have a, a faith, have a life full of faith that would set us completely apart from anyone else. And again, we're in the Old Testament, and we, we know a lot of Old Testament saints that were like that. They had that kind of faith. You look at Daniel, you look at David, you look at uh, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I mean, the faith that they had, the three Hebrew children, you, you go back and you look at Ruth. Uh, and the faith that she had, and, and I was reading out of uh, uh, First Samuel this morning, and Elkanah and, Elkiah and, and, and uh, Hannah, and the faith that they had, and here she, she, they were given a, a child, it was given Samuel. I mean, it's just the faith that's out there, and that's the kind of faith that we got to have, is the faith that sets us apart from everyone else. There's thirty of us in here, roughly, or something like that. We were to have faith in here. Each one of us have, needs to have our own faith, and it would set us apart from all the others here at Chestnutdale. A faith that would be astonishing once we left these doors. People, we would walk out the doors, and people would see our faith, individual faith. And people say, I like that. Our faith has to set us apart from everyone else individually. A faith that was steady. That's what he had. A faith that was determined. That's what he had. We've got to have a steady, determined faith like Jotham did. So today we're going to look at the reign of King Jotham. Again, that's something I've never preached on this guy before, but we will today. And we're going to see what we can learn about living a life of faith. If you got your Bibles open, 2 Chronicles 27. 2 Chronicles 27, just stand with me a moment. Verse 1 through 6. Jotham. Was twenty and 25 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Jer- uh, Jerusha, Jerusha, the daughter of Zadok. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Uzziah did. Howbeit he entered not into the temple of the Lord, and the people did yet corruptly. He built the high gate of the house of the Lord, and on the wall of a field... He built much. Moreover, he built cities in the mountains of Judah, and in the forest he built castles and towers. He fought also with the king of the Ammonites and prevailed against them. And the children of Ammon gave him the same year and hundred talents in silver, and ten thousand measures of wheat, and ten thousand of barley. So much did the children of Ammon pay unto him both the second year and the third. So Jotham became mighty. Listen to this, because he prepared his ways before the Lord his God. Let's pray. Father, this morning we just want to thank you again for faith. This simple faith that we have, this faith that we have placed in you, this faith that uh, we have deep down inside of us, the faith that brought us up off these pews and down on our knees, Father, the faith that brought us to salvation. Father, we thank you for that faith, that faith that we can't see the things that are in front of us, the faith of knowing the things to come, the faith of knowing that your Son Jesus died on the cross for us, Lord. That's that faith that passeth uh, this this all these trials and these things that go on in our in our lives, Lord. I pray that you would continue to grow our faith as we read and we study, Lord. As we pray, I pray our faith gets stronger in you daily, God. I pray that today we can find. Uh, something a little bit different, a little bit deeper meaning of faith today through the words that we just read and through uh, what's getting ready to be preached. Lord, I pray that you would open up our hearts. Those that struggle with faith, Lord, I pray today would help strengthen that faith that they may have in you. And God, we just want to lift up all those that continue to uh, recover, those that have been sick. Lord, we just pray that you continue to touch them. Lord, those that that each one of us has an, an unspoken on our hearts, Lord, but you know it. And I pray, Lord, that you would just touch there as well. God, we just thank you again for this beautiful day that you've given us. And Lord, I pray that we'd honor you in all that's said and done. All that's in your son's name we pray. Amen. You can have a seat. Old Jotham, nobody talks about that man much. I don't know why. Because after today, you're going to think a lot more about him and of him than you ever did before. First, faith begins with obedience. Faith begins with obedience obedience oh what a word these youngins don't know what that is yet one of these days they'll get it that right ethan yes that's exactly right mama will second third and fourth that one for us and now he's nodding yes (laughs) obedience look at look at verse two again said he did that which was right in the sight of the lord i love that he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. That's a, that's a great testimony to have. Wouldn't that be awesome to put on your headstone? I mean, wouldn't that be one of the greatest things that you could write across your headstone? He did right in the sight of the Lord. I, I've, I've preached this on Job. God called Job my servant Job. I think that'd be a good one to put on your headstone, too. Not Job, but. Because nobody would say Job. they say say, whose job? That's what everybody else would say. But on your headstone, wouldn't that be, I mean, listen. He did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. That's what our goal is. We, everything that we do in this life, everything that we do as Christians, we need to be doing it so that it would be right in the sight of the Lord. Something that would please God. How's that? Makes it easier to think of that way. Everything we do needs to, to please God. That's hard to do, I know. We tr- we need to try. But he said, or the Bible says, he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Now, back in the Civil War, I I, I love Civil War stuff. And one of the things that always impressed me about the Civil War was, number one, the president at the time, Abraham Lincoln, and, and the way that prayer and, and Christian faith was integrated into some of the things that took place in, in the government at the time. So, Abraham Lincoln, at that time, during the Civil War, he would have prayer breakfasts with preachers. And one of the prayer breakfasts, one of the preachers stood up, and this is what he said to the president. He said, Mr. President, let us pray that God is on our side. Let us pray that God is on our side. Now, if y'all know much about Abraham Lincoln, he was a choir feller. I mean, he was a choir feller. He was one of the strangest men that there was. He was a good president, but he was a strange president, strange man outside the White House. He had a, what we would call some unorthodox faith, but this is what uh, this is what he said. Lincoln said back to this man, he said, "No, gentlemen, let us pray that we are on God's side. Let us pray that we are on God's side. That's the way to look at it. That's where I want to be. I won't be on God's side. I mean, it's great to have God on our side, but I'd rather." be on God's side in all that we do. If we want to know what God wants us to do, we have to first strive to live a life of obedience to Him. We've got to be obedient to God. We've got to mind the Lord. We've got to obey the Lord. One of the things that we teach our children, and it's in the Bible, to honor thy father and thy mother. We've got to obey our parents. Well, He is our Heavenly Father, which means we've got to obey our Father. We've got to be obedient to the Father. So that's one of the steps that we've got to take. A life of faith has to have a beginning. A life of faith has to have an origin. It's got to have a beginning. A life of faith, take, it starts at the day of salvation. When you get saved, that's when your faith starts. Really, truly. Because you've got to have faith to get up off that pew. You've got to have faith to get down on your knees. You've got to have faith in knowing that Jesus Christ will save you if you just ask him. That's faith. So that's our origin. That's when we begin, and our faith is the day of salvation. And then we grow, and we grow, and we mature, and we grow some more in our faith. We're constantly growing in that faith. There's a point in King Jotham's uh, life when he decided not to follow old dad's footsteps, when he decided he didn't want to be like old dad. Some of us have had to do that. We we have decided not to to follow, follow in our parents' footsteps. Not that it's a bad thing. At some point in my life, I decided I didn't want to be a meat cutter. My grandpa did it. My great-grandpa did it. He cut up chickens. And then my grandpa did it. My dad did it. Then I started doing it, and at some point I realized this just ain't for me. This is not what I need to do. Each one of us has made a decision. Do we want to follow in our our parents' footsteps, or do we want to be our own? Do we want to go our own way? Jotham he said, "I'm going to do my own thing." My dad didn't have that good a reputation, is what he's saying. And his dad, of course, was King Uzziah, and and he did this late in his reign. Uh, he did. He 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 was prideful. He was a prideful king. And I don't blame Jotham for not wanting to be like his dad. I wouldn't want to set up there and be a prideful king, but you guys will sit here in just a moment. He became a great leader. There there has to be a point in our lives when we say, I'm not going there. There's got to be a point in our lives where we say, I'm not going to do that. There's a point comes in our lives where we say, Lord, here I am, send me. Lord, I will follow you. I'm not going this route. This route didn't work out for some other people. So and that ain't the route that you was on, so I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to take this route, and I'm going to go with you. There's a point in our lives where we finally decide that that's the route that we're going to take is the the Lord's route. That's the way that's the right way. Lord, I'm not worried about you being on my side. I want to make sure that I'm on your side. There's a point where we finally break and say, Lord, I'm coming to your side because my side ain't working, and you don't want to be over here. I walk of faith, a life of faith, it begins with obedience. That it begins with minding the Lord, obeying what the Lord has to say to you, to us, to this church, to his people. We've got to obey, be obedient church members. There are two choices that we face every single day. And these are tough choices that we have to face every single day. And you have to decide what you're going to do. How you are going to answer it? Do I follow God? Do I follow God? Or do I conform to the world? Do I follow God or conform to the world? And that's not a one-time decision. I wish it was. I wish you got up one morning and, and got out of bed and you had to make that decision. Am I going to follow God today and the rest of my life? Or am I going to conform to the world today and the rest of my life? But it's a daily choice that you have to make. Paul makes it really easy for you. Paul, over in Romans 12, too, he tells us, Be not conformed to this world. Pretty simple, ain't it? This world ain't done squat for me. This world ain't done nothing for me. But my God has. And I'd much rather follow my God. I'd much rather follow the Lord in the rest of my life Because he done more for me than anybody in this world's ever done for me. So yeah, I'm going to follow him. But it's sad that I have to do that every morning. I have to make a decision every day. To conform to the world or to follow God. Let me finish that verse out. It says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The will of God. That's why we're not to conform to the world cuz that's not God's will. God don't want us to conform to the world. He said we're not to be of this world. We're new creatures. We have been made we've been set apart from the rest of the world. We are to be different from the rest of the world. So, yeah, be not conformed to this world. Number 2, secondly, faith will set you apart. This is this is the one I like. I love this. Faith sets us apart from not just the world, but even individual Christians. Faith will set us apart. Verse 2 says, and the people did yet corruptly. And the people did yet corruptly. So Jotham could have followed in this stubborn generation that he was living in. And he could have followed the people that... In about, like it said here and the people did yet corruptly he could have followed a bunch of corrupt people but he didn't it set him apart his faith set him apart in the middle of this stubborn generation uh, king jotham kept his walk of faith and we're living in a stubborn generation right now and we have got to keep walking the walk of faith we've got to keep our head held high and we've got to keep standing firmly on the word of god because of this world that we're living in right now. Not only did he not follow in his dad's footsteps, but he didn't let the culture of the day persuade him over to their side. Number one, he wasn't going to be like old dad. Number two, he wasn't going to be like the rest of the world. He wasn't going to be like the people around him, because he had faith. And he had faith. Folks, if, you, if you've got that kind of faith like Jotham had, you can bring people away from worldly stuff and bring them over to God's side. If you just be obedient to God, mind the Lord, and watch Him bless you, people are going to see that too, and they're going to want to come over as well. This is a, it's a powerful message for us today because we are also living in a stubborn generation. Who are we ever? Man is this stubborn. And it's getting worse and worse and worse. Many people are doing exactly what the Bible said would happen. Romans 1.25 says, "...who changed the truth of God into a lie." And worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And amen and amen. That's our world right now. They have taken the word of God. Just like Paul said. He said, who changed the truth of God into a lie. They are taking the word of God and they are manipulating it. And they are changing it word for word. And I'm not just talking about different versions of the Bible. I'm I'm, I'm talking about atheist media, everybody in this world right now is taking the word of God and they're twisting this thing around to make us look like we are the corrupt people. They're making us look like the bad guys. That's not what the Bible is. This is a book of love. This is one big old love letter for us. There's no reason for us to change not one word in the word of God. But yet Paul tells us who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator. That's our world. They're serving everything else. They're serving creatures. They're serving the devil. They're serving everything, but not the creator. We are to be serving the creator. Lord, God, Jesus, that's who we serve. This is our time as Christians, as true believers in Jesus, to stand up and let our faith be seen. We have got to stand up, but the more that these things that that we are against that's biblically true, the things that we're against this world doing, the quieter we get. Things that we know are wrong because the Bible says it is wrong, we get a little bit more quiet, and a little bit more quiet, a little bit more quiet. We just sit down. We just stay quiet. We're not going to talk about that. Where did our backbone get to? Why is our faith not being seen? If we want to have a faith like Jotham had so that everybody in the world can see it, we're going to have to stand up. We're going to rub some feathers the wrong way. We're going to step on a toe here or there. but at least when we step on a toe and rub it the wrong rub the feathers the wrong way, we know we're right because we're doing it out of love and out of grace. And out of knowledge of the Word of God, knowing that what we do and what we say is right, it's not just right, it's biblically right, and we're going to stand on it. And this world ain't going to like it, but it will be the truth. If Christians would truly live holy lives and not a life that is just characterized by religion, then we'll be set apart. Don't live a life of religion. Live a life of love. Live a life of relationship with Jesus. And let everybody else see it. And at some point, Jotham's story is going to be our story. And, and our story is going to say, but unlike the world we continued in, or the, who continued in their corrupt ways, we can put our name in right here. And we can say Nat did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. We can say Cindy did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. We can say Hunter did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. That's what we can say if we would just stand up on our faith. The world would say the same thing about us as is written about Jotham. We, I, Chad, did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Again, I think that would be a great thing to put on your headstone someday. Living a life of faith will set you apart from the rest of the world. And that's what I want. I want to be set apart from the rest of the world. I don't want to just kind of... Blend in with the world. I want to be set apart. I don't want people to know I am of this world. I want them to know that I am from Jesus. I want them to know that I am of Jesus. I want them to know who is inside of me. I want them to know that the Holy Spirit's inside of me. Thirdly, faith will cause you to serve God and others. I got to throw that in there. Not only are you going to serve God, but you're going to serve others. And you're going to want to serve others. Uh, Verse 3 and 4 says he built the high gate of the house of the Lord and on the wall of Ophel he built much. Moreover, he built cities and mountains of Judah in the mountains of Judah. And in the forest he built castles and towers. Verse 3 begins to tell us the things that King Jotham did. The things that he did during during that reign. One of the first things he did, though, and I love this, one of the first things he did was repair the temple. Y'all remember, y'all, y'all remember that little fellow named Noah? Remember that little boat he floated on with some animals for a little while? Y'all remember that little story? Yeah. What was the first thing Noah did when he got off the boat? He built an altar. The first thing he did when he got off that boat was build an altar. That's faith. He got off and he worshiped his God. That God floated with him on that boat for all that time. But when he got done, when it... When that thing sunk down, and it it sat down there at Mount Ararat, and it was just firm, and he could get off, and he could unload his animals. Guess what he did? He built an altar. I love that. King Jotham, what did he do? When he got back in there, he rebuilt the temple. Not rebuilt, but he fixed the temple. He got things back the way it should have been, where they could worship, where they could honor God he served God so he went to work for God we serve God as Christians serving God that sounds good don't it we just serve God but that means you got to work how many of y'all ever been to a restaurant and had a server that didn't serve you they ain't working are they no they ain't working if they're sitting back there and laughing at you or talking with their buddies or whatever else they're not very good waiters or waitresses are they they're not serving you as the customer We are servants of the Lord. We can't just hold that title as a servant of the Lord. We've got to be workers of the Lord. Be doers of the words, what we're told to do. Be doers. Go out and do something. He didn't enter the temple like his dad did. His dad's full of pride. He's a very prideful king. But he said, I'm not going to be like old dad. So he didn't enter that temple full of pride. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. He used his time. He used his talent. He used his money. And God blessed him. And he fixed things up. The Bible says that he, he went to repair in the temple, gates, and the walls. A life of faith will cause you to want to serve God. And I know that. It will it'll make you want to serve God. But it will also make you want to serve others. You're going to want to help others. You'll have this longing To help others, not just God, but to help others, and you won't be able to stay busy enough doing other things. The only thing that's going to fill that longing and 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 the things that you want to get done is is by serving God, because we all have that longing in us to do something. But you're not going to stay busy enough doing something unless you start serving God, and that's going to fill that time up. Now, listen. The verse says, "He built cities in the mountains of Judah, and in the forest he built castles and towers." So he began to serve the people and he was providing them with a place to, to work and, and a place to worship and a place to play and a place to live. So he was providing for the people. That's that's what that faith was doing for him. Yeah, he served God and he fixed up the temple. But because of his faith, he was serving others as well. So he fixed them up a place to stay. He provided protection, and the Bible says, by building towers in the woods. And that was to protect them from the people that want to rob them and kill them so he was protecting the people as well yes he provided but he was protecting too he loved these people he had faith and so everyone should have been able to see his faith the faith that he had in his god everybody should have been able to see that through this a life of faith will cause you to want to serve god but it will also cause you to want to serve others again that's a hard one hard one to do sometimes to serve others But you should have a longing to do so. Fourthly, faith will bring you closer to God. Verse 6 says So Jotham became mighty because he prepared his ways before the Lord. I love that. So Jotham became mighty because he prepared his ways before the Lord his God. Prepared his ways, he had plans. Why was Jotham serving God and others? Why was God, or why was he concerned for the safety of others? Why did he build those towers? It's plain right here because of a life of faith will bring you closer to God. And so you're going to want to do that. You're going to want to protect people and help people out. Scripture says he prepared his ways before the Lord his God. Jotham's strength was rooted, and listen to this, it was rooted in his steady and determined faith in God. Steady and determined. Now, I want you to listen to the definitions. of These, all right? Steady means firmly fixed, supported, or balanced; not shaking, not moving. Now, when you put that, you throw faith in there with that. Just, just the word faith. When we say, I'm going to read that definition again, and you just think about faith when I read this: firmly fixed faith, supported faith, balanced faith, not shaking faith, not moving faith, steadfast, steadfast, steady faith, you can't shake my faith, he had that kind of faith, we've all had our faith tested and shaken at some point in our life, His a steady, His a steadfast, now that other one was determined, the definition for determined means having made a firm decision and being resolved not to change it, I made a decision through faith to follow Jesus, to make him the Lord of Lord in my life. I made that decision through faith. That definition says, having made a firm decision and being resolved not to change it. Why would I want to change it? If I could change it, I never got it right the first time. If I was to denounce Jesus right now, I was never saved. Once you have him, you won't want to turn him loose. Once you have God, you're not going to want to let it go and say, eh, it ain't working for me. I've met, I told you all about the lady, I think I told you all about the lady that's a Jew now. She grew up Methodist, was in a Methodist church. Her husband still goes to Methodist church. But she said at some point she realized that she just didn't believe in that, so she denounced Jesus and become a Jew. This lady is a super nice lady, and that's a conversation that we've had many times. I've been doing some CPR classes over at the Jewish temple, and she's the one of them that I, I talk to over there, and just, it blows my mind, and her husband was there. He took the class with her one, uh, this has been about two years now, and he took the class with her, and so the three of us were talking, and I was asking about her conversion, I guess you call it that, to Judaism, and, and, uh. He just kinda grinned and shook his head. And I said, So she was telling me her story. And I said, So honestly, you were just never saved. And jaws dropped. Because if you were truly saved, you'd never want to change a thing. You'd never want to change a thing. She thought of it as offensive and I gotta amen, I've a Methodist. That don't happen very often, does it? Why would you want to why would you want to change anything? That's the, the heart of the life of faith is steady and determined. To have a life of faith, that to, to stay steadfast, you're going to have to stay steady and determined. Studying in the scriptures, steady and determined. That's what we've got to be. Your prayer life has to be steady and determined, always. Serving God in some way, steady and determined, just like Jotham. Telling the lost about Jesus. Steady and determined. Always. Attending church. Steady and determined. As always. Loving you fellow believers. Steady and determined. Always. You, you get the pattern there. Everything we do for God, we've got to be steady and determined. Always. What about us this morning? Are we living a life of faith? a faith in Jesus or in something else. What's our faith in? Others or something else. I I can't answer that for you. But again, you're going to be challenged in the morning. You'll be challenged this morning. You're going to be challenged in the morning. Am I going to conform to the world or am I going to follow God? You got to make that decision yourself. Paul helped you along there with a little scripture. Be ye not conformed to this world. That's what he tells. He's just trying to help you along. I will too. Choose God, not the world. Stand with me, we're going to close out. You thought I was going to be long-winded this morning, didn't you, since it's coming out of the Old Testament? But I'm not. ponder on that, that faith gotta have faith like I said I was reading uh, 1 Samuel 27 this morning that just just, I love that scripture I love the just the faith that Hannah had love that faith that she had she said if you just give me a son I'll give him back to you once he's done nursing I'm gonna give him back to you (laughs) that's faith that's faith, and she did it. She stuck with it. Love that verse. Anybody have anything on their heart this morning as we close out? Somebody does. I'm glad to to Amen. But we have to do our own thing, the yep. Got to got to worry about us, not them. Anybody else? Sure glad to see them stamies back here. It's been an empty road for a little while. (laughs) Glad everybody's healthy. Mike, will you dismiss us? Amen. All right. Y'all dismissed.